Welcome to the Lloyd's List podcast, your weekly view on the stories shaping shipping. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. Had it not been for the increase in attacks in the Gulf of Guinea last year, the downward trend in hijackings we've seen over the past three years would have been maintained. But the Gulf of Guinea has been a persistent problem when it comes to maritime security, and there's good reason to be concerned that 2019 is only going to get worse. I think a, a big change in 2018 was the re-emergence of hijack for cargoes in the Gulf of Guinea. This presents a new threat in the broader Gulf of Guinea. We have seen incidents in the past where firefights have erupted between onboard uh, armed security and, uh, and pirates. But here they, they really push through their attacks and, and are willing to, to take casualties to achieve their aim. Just two days into 2019, we saw the first serious attack 55 miles off Benin's coast when armed attackers took control of the Panamanian-flagged MSC Mandy, taking six Russian crew hostage. While the volume of attacks in the Gulf of Guinea have been worryingly consistent over the past decade, the re-emergence of hostage-taking as a ransom tool is worrying security analysts and shipowners alike. It's also understandably spooking seafarers who are now more socially connected than ever before and sharing concerns about taking jobs entering security hotspots. According to Jakob Larsen, who heads up security at the Ship Owners Association BIMCO, the nature of the threat to seafarers is now sufficiently concerning to warrant a new interventionist approach from international governments. Yeah, well, in, in the Gulf of Guinea, the level of piracy is, is largely unchanged if you go back a, a few years. Um, but what we are seeing now is a change in the perception uh, in the minds of the seafarer of, uh, of, of the threat. Uh, seafarers are like uh, everybody else. Uh, they are connected on social media. They talk to each other. And um, simply when going into these areas, they talk about the piracy threat and that, that uh, simply gives them an increased level of anxiety. So compared to, if you like, the good old days where, where social media was, were not so uh, widely spread, perhaps they were not so aware of the actual threat. And that is actually the real uh, issue here, if you like, is that seafarers are now aware of the actual threat. Mm. And it is, a, it is a real threat and it has to be taken seriously. And and measures should be taken to to counter that threat. What we are suggesting is um, a joint effort between international naval forces and uh, the coastal states in the region, where the international uh, naval forces uh, make available ships and uh, helicopters to uh, law law enforcement um, uh, contingencies from from the coastal states. And then the combination of of, uh, platforms and law enforcement would would provide uh, a good uh, counter-piracy tool. While BIMCO have recorded 40 attacks in 2018, security consultants control risks estimate an annual rate of around 100 attacks over the past three years would be a more accurate assessment for the Gulf of Guinea. That figure includes both high-impact attacks such as kidnap for ransom and hijack of cargo, as well as a persistent rate of lower-impact attacks involving theft and lower-level armed robbery, particularly around Lagos. But it's not just the volume of attacks that need to be considered, it's also the location and the complex politics that any international counter-piracy operation would need to consider before launching in the region. Cormac McGarry, Senior Maritime Analyst at Control Risks. I think a a big change in 2018 was the re-emergence of hijack for cargoes in the Gulf of Guinea. So traditionally, the hotspot in the Gulf of Guinea has been the waters immediately off the Niger Delta. Mm. And the biggest danger there has been kidnap for ransom attacks. 
Um, a few a number of years ago, prior to 2015, there was also hijack for cargo attacks in which fuel tankers were hijacked for the purpose of of, of stealing their cargoes and, and selling them on the black market. Euphemistically referred to as bunkering, I think. Indeed. Uh, with oil prices declining a few years ago, we saw it, uh, essentially an elimination of these types of incidents. And then with the increase in oil prices uh, in late 2017, we saw a return of this, this, this kind of a hijack for cargo attack. Mm. However, the difference in 2018 is that has been that some of these incidents have also involved kidnap of crews. Mm. And this presents a new threat in the broader Gulf of Guinea. Uh, why that's important to be- is because a lot of that is happening outside of territorial waters and outside the jurisdiction of any of the regional states. Mm. So there's a big question of, well, wh- who is going to police these waters? And I think that's why we're seeing uh, this uh, statement from BIMCO. Mm. I mean, it is an inherently more complicated political situation than we saw off Somalia, for example, a few years ago, at the height of the Somali crisis, you had huge cooperation from naval forces. Uh, it's fairly unique in terms of the um, sort of theatre of operations for naval forces to be that cooperative, simply because you didn't have a uh, an operational government with Somalia and getting into transitional waters and protecting those trade lanes. While complicated in terms of the scale of the operation, politically, it was certainly easier than you're going to see in the the Gulf of Guinea. I'm assuming. Where you have, you know, you have governments that are going to be naturally concerned about any international intervention in territorial waters, I would assume. For sure, in the Gulf of Guinea, uh, you do have states, regional states and governments who are very well established and have relatively strong institutions compared to what Somalia was at the height of Somali piracy. And, of course, that brings in the issues you just mentioned in terms of sovereignty and who deals with the problems. A big difference in Somali piracy was the scale uh, and the fact that a lot of it was happening outside of territorial waters. Mm. Uh, You know, at the height of Somali piracy, there was up to 500 mariners being held captive. There was also an element of Somali piracy which uh, captured media attention. And that's why everybody knows what Somali piracy is. But if you ask anybody anybody on the street, they generally don't know anything about Nigerian piracy. And there's a particular uh, factor in Nigerian piracy that, that just means it gets less media attention. And I'm not going to... Uh, try to explain that but um, I think that does uh, factor into why there hasn't been a kind of international reaction Mm. in the Gulf of Guinea like we had seen off the Horn of Africa so would it be fair to say that the 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 call from BIMCO for naval sport is is timely in terms of the the call for political action I don't think there's ever a good time to call for it it's something that a lot of people have been calling for for a long time but it comes with many complexities you know for example if you secure some kind of agreement for international deployments in the gulf of guinea when does that end so what kind of contract do governments sign up to does it last for three years and then in three years time we have a a return to the problem does it even deal with the problem or does it just protect against the problem so it's a very complex arrangement that you know requires multiple governments to Mm. to to comply uh, finance and enforce according to the international maritime bureau's piracy reporting center Many of the Gulf of Guinea coastal states lack meaningful naval resources to deal with this threat. And so BIMCO's call for other countries to add resources to help to deal with this issue in the Gulf of Guinea outside of their territorial waters is both timely and a necessary intervention. Naval intervention in the region, however, is going to prove politically challenging. 
Security experts have told Lloyd's List that the Gulf of Guinea coastal states are highly unlikely to allow foreign navies to conduct law enforcement operations within their territorial waters, and cooperation between the states is certainly politically problematic. Mr. Larson, however, remains optimistic that, with the right political will in place, international cooperation could be forthcoming, and points to the 2013 Uandic Code of Conduct as a starting platform to strengthen maritime security initiatives. Yes, I, I think, first, it is it is realistic, and I don't think we should overcomplicate uh, the issues here. Um, international uh, Navy ships uh, could operate outside territorial waters where there is still a significant threat. And indeed, the uh, latest incident we've seen with the uh, kidnap of seafarers from the uh, container ship MSC Mandy, that took place uh, around 50 miles from, from the, the coast. So. Uh, at those ranges, I mean, there will be no issue in terms of international law or, or national law. Uh, territorial waters will not be uh, compromised, and indeed, it's in the interest of everybody to uh, to tackle piracy at those ranges. Mm. Uh, that said, I mean, in, in territorial waters, so inside the 12-mile uh, line, uh, I think that is clear for everybody that this is the responsibility uh, to look after uh, these waters. Uh, it's the responsibility of the coastal states mm. and not so much uh, a job for, for international navies. Despite the growing concerns around the Gulf of Guinea, the rising risk off the west coast of Africa runs counter to the overall risk assessment for shipping this year. Hijackings globally have steadily decreased over the past three years. With that trend, however, comes the decreasing counter-piracy operations on the east coast of Africa and an increasing unwillingness from shipowners to invest in armed security unless absolutely necessary. But does the current threat raised by BIMCO suggest that the industry needs to return to armed security? Cormac McGarry. Yeah, it's certainly decreased. Uh, and for example, you're seeing uh, a lower number in the teams that are deployed on vessels off, off, off the Horn of Africa. And um, a lot of companies are basically spending less money on armed security. It is an expensive service. But it still has a place, certainly, in the Horn of Africa. It is still a, a, a pillar of the security measures that are taken against Somali piracy. Uh, in terms of the Gulf of Guinea, again, it's a very complex issue. And it is a part of a company's risk assessment to go into the Gulf of Guinea. However, uh, for example, in Nigeria, there is an arrangement with the Nigerian government in which a, memora a memorandum of understanding has to be sought between uh, private maritime security companies and the government, in which privately owned vessels are then crewed and armed by Nigerian Navy personnel. It's quite a complex arrangement that can be sorted out and should be considered uh, in terms of escort security when heading into Gulf of Guinea, particularly Nigerian waters. BIMCO, however, remains more conservative when it comes to the use of armed security and is urging the industry to avoid any situation where seafarers risk getting caught in the crossfire. I think the key word here is, is risk assessment. So every ship owner will, uh, will do his independent risk assessment for the given ship and, and the given voyage. And indeed, this is what they have al always done. And, and you're absolutely right. Back in, in the, uh, the golden days of piracy off Somalia in, in 2011, 2012, uh, the uh, private security industry was booming. And since then, um, it's also my impression that uh, business is not so good uh, as it used to be. So will we see a decrease or an increase in the future? I, I suppose it depends on, on, the, uh, on the threat. Um, Armed security also has value uh, when going through the Gulf of Aden. We've seen a few occasions where armed security teams have uh, managed to defend uh, merchant vessels against uh, 
what looks like uh, terrorist attacks or insurgents attacks off Yemen. Um, so a lot of ship owners still opt to, to uh, take on board armed security. Uh, but it is also my impression that it's not so much as it, as it used to be. Um, in West Africa, the situation is different. Um, it's not allowed uh, to take onboard armed security into uh, the territorial waters uh, of the countries in the, in the Gulf of Guinea, and that changes the, uh, the dynamics a little bit. So in West Africa, we see more use of uh, armed escort vessels, um, but I am aware that that uh, some armed security providers, they're looking into um, solutions uh, similar to what we saw in East Africa, namely uh, using uh, arsenal ships uh, to uh, store weapons and then just employ armed guards uh, on the merchant ships when outside territorial wars. But um, whether or not that's uh, such a good idea, I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, historically, we have seen that uh, West African pirates are more determined when they uh, when they push in their attack and uh, fierce firefights are, are much more common than what we've seen in east africa and that sort of changes the uh, the risk reward ratio for carrying on board arms security personnel because uh, simply seafarers they risk getting caught in the crossfire so um, my recommendation actually would be to um, consider more using the escort vessels and then, of course, I mean, if we can indeed um, uh, have an international, uh, internationally supported counter-piracy operation established, then that would be extremely helpful. The International Maritime Bureau's annual piracy report will be formally released on 16th of January. While the figures haven't yet been published, Lloyd's List understands that it will indicate an increase in the number of attacks in the Gulf of Guinea for 2018. That said... Had it not been for this increase, the overall numbers worldwide would have been at similar or lower levels than 2017. That trend, however, should not be a cause for complacency among ship owners, argues Cormac McGarry. In 2019, what control risks is telling our maritime clients is not to be complacent when it comes to maritime security. It's easy to look at places like Somalia and see a decrease in Somali piracy. But we look across the world to a place like the Bay of Campeche in Mexico, where leaked reports in the last year have shown potentially a, a two to three hundred percent increase in piracy. That, yeah, because wow. it was previously unreported and uh, kept under the radar. Uh, and underreporting is a is a chronic problem in maritime security. Mm. Uh, and a bit further south uh, off Venezuela, we've seen in the last two years uh, an increase in piracy off of Venezuela as that country's economic and social system continues to decline and you see a proliferation. Again, it's it's not the same as Somali piracy six years ago, but you see it develop like you see other Somali, uh, sorry, other piracy situations develop. Similarly, in, in, in Southeast Asia, we're not seeing the same level of kidnaps on uh, vessels that we saw in 2016 uh, in the Sulu and but uh, just in December of 2018, we saw another kidnap, and that threat certainly has not disappeared. 